Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. About this time, the official Air Force UFO project had one last post-death muscular spasm. The last bundle of reports had just landed on top of the pile on the storage cases when ATIC received a letter from the Director of Intelligence of the Air Force. In official language, it said, What gives? There had been no order to end Project Grudge. Joining us again today is Dr. Bill. Bill, how's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Living the dream as always. Living the California dream. Wish we had some water. Want to trade? I think we've we've had... uh... I can't even guess. We've had at least 10 inches of rain in the last month. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. ton of rain. Um, worried about the septic tank. Uh, the groundwater level is really high. Um, so we'll see. There's always, every time it rains, there's a flood warning. We don't, we don't have flooding here, but I want it. I want dry weather. I fear the rain. Do you have a pond on your, on your property? Uh, we have a pond behind us on the horse farm. And it's um, it's pretty it's full it's overflowing its banks it's not as big as I've seen it like after a hurricane but it's uh, it's continuously growing there's also a uh, drainage pond in the middle of the the neighborhood and that's that's not too bad right now um, we just uh, as a neighborhood project we just built a floating dock really which is not float. Yeah, it's not floating at this point, but the floating dock is to so you can get to the um, there's a pump for the pond to uh, pump water out of it when it gets too full. So there's the hose that goes from the pump, which is in a enclosed shed, to um, you know an in inlet, but the inlet gets plugged up with crap from the pond. So you have to go out there and clean it, and nobody wants to go out there and do it wade into the water and do it so we built a floating dock with the inlets at the um end of the end of the dock so you can just pull it up and clear it aren't you <laughs> aren't you afraid of alligators if you wander in there is it clear uh, can there's, you see the bottom i'm no, not wandering in there with alligators around you said you saw an alligator in your neighbor's pond again well, you send me a picture of an alligator that was in the backyard yeah that was like a i'm not going into a pond and wait there <laughs> Uh, there was a, generally a little one will come around, but they don't stick around. There was a little one in another little pond nearby, and I haven't seen it lately. It still might be there, but they, they don't stick around for very long. Until they, they get over six feet, you can you can call and... Uh, the, the exterminator. The state, <laughs> yeah, call the, the exterminator. <laughs> these guys, um, the state will send someone out, and the guys have a license, and they can harvest, they harvest the... Um, the alligator. They take it away and make boots out of it. I've heard that. That's uh, they, they make do. some money out of it. The guys, when they showed up to get the one out of the backyard, they were real happy to see this puppy. Really? Did they? Like, we're going to take him. We're going to take him somewhere and set him free. I'm like, no, you're not. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna skin it. They're, they're yeah. well, they're licensed to do that. It's legal. That's it's legal for them to do that. They don't they go. Nope. Go, but they tell people that. No, we're going to take it. We're going to we're going to take oh, him yeah. to a farm in the country. Yeah, we don't want uh, where to, we, he will live with other alligators in happiness. Yeah, we don't want to, you know, upset the children. You know, yeah. poor, poor little alligator. Yeah, this thing will eat you when it gets like six feet long. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I was, yeah, it's they're, um, they're scary, but they can only move fast for a little bit, so they'll they'll like can leap at you for about 
six or ten feet, and then they run out of energy. But yeah, uh, that's you enough. don't want it. Yeah, you don't want them to grab a hold of you. Yeah, they get you or, in your, the water. or your dog. Or your dog. Mm-hmm. Do you have a dog? No. How come you guys don't have a dog? Uh, I'm not a big pet. I've, I've last dog I ever had was when I was like eight. Clouseau. And then they got rid of it. No, that was that was Clouseau wasn't my dog. That was the family's dog. I've never I've never picked or I picked one dog in my life, and that was um, Gidget. When oh, I was like yeah. eight years old. And uh, when we moved, Gidget went to the farm. Yeah, Gidget went and to the farm. Went to the farm. And other than that, I've never had a dog. Everyone else in the family has, uh, they've picked the dog, and I've never owned a pet other than fish. Yeah, it's probably not there. Yeah, it's a little bit, I mean, we love her. Yeah, we have two dogs. And it, it the only problem is when you go to travel, and then you got to deal with them. you got to do something. Yeah. You can't just let, put them in the backyard and leave them. you got to have somebody yeah. come and take care of them, like a baby. Yeah, <laughs> and Debbie won't like allow got... one of the dogs. One of the dogs cannot sleep outside. No, neither dog can sleep outside. But it, you know, so somebody when we go travel, we're gonna, yeah. you know, we have to have somebody come and stay with them. You know, like we we do yeah. we do that too with the cats. And a lady comes by, and it's twenty five dollars per cat per day. Oh, you got a pet sitter. That's yeah, a lady comes by when we. And she feeds them. $25 per cat per day? Yeah. Oh, I'm in the wrong business. Yeah, yeah. I need to get into pet sitting. It's better than taking them to a... a, Boarding facility. Boarding facility, whatever. (laughs) The the vet will board them. But they basically, they're in a cage most of the time. So it's not fun for... They always come home traumatized. Well, that's what Debbie says. She says, you know, it's... You know, Max was a rescue. He was on the on the street, man. And then he got was picked he up. Was he really? Yeah, he he's was a, a rescue. It's an awesome looking dog. I know he's badass. Huh? He's that sable color. Yeah. And uh, he went to the pound, and then the rescue German Shepherd. Northern, I'll give him a plug. Northern California German Shepherd Rescue, which is awesome. They uh, they rescued him, and then we we they were doing a presentation at a shopping center. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we came across and said, man, he's pretty, and he's pretty badass. I love that color. And he had a really good, he has a good attitude. Was, was he you there know? or did they just like show pictures? No, he was that at that time it was before COVID. So you could go oh, so and he they, was, you actually saw him. Yeah. Okay. They're in little cages okay. in front of this, okay. in front of this uh, pet store. That's in a little high end strip center, uh, down. Okay. And, um, you get to take them out. They put a leash on You take them out you take them. And then take him for a little walk and, you know, visit with him. And uh-huh. uh, Johnny was there. So he came along and uh, um, hung out. And, you know, we, so then they come by and they go, okay, they have to look at your house. They won't, oh, they wow. don't just give it to, yeah, it's, it's, they're really, I don't want to say super particular, but they want to make sure that the house is accepted. You're not, you know what I mean? Put it in somewhere. So the lady yeah, yeah. came by and she's, sometimes we have a pool, so sometimes they won't. If there's a pool without a fence all the way around it, they won't. I mean, our area is fenced, but it's not. It doesn't have a double security thing. You know, they don't want the dog to fall in the water and drown. But he's a great swimmer. We have a we have a cobble ledge for them to walk out on. Okay. You know, so they, you know, you've been there. So, so they were okay uh, with the pool. Yeah, they were fine, and they so they dropped him off. But yeah, he's awesome. But 
Yeah, yeah he looks like pros. he went from doggy hell to doggy heaven. Oh, he loves it here. And Debbie's out now. When we do the podcast, she goes and walks him for a couple hours. So she, you know, it's he's getting he's living the dream, living the doggy dream. Gets to go to the river every day. That's nice. You know, we could walk there from here. It's pretty. It's a pretty good yeah, situation. So- I saw that picture where you decorated him. With, he uh, got the, that stuff he picked. I said, "What did you, she wouldn't do that?" She, 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 you know, I'm the dog prankster. I'll play little pranks on the dog, and she hates it. It's as though it's your because she doesn't have any kids, you know. So these are her kids. Yeah. So when I play jokes or tease the dog, she does. I get a dirty look. And so oh, yeah. she would never put anything in that dog's collar. So the dog, she threw the stick and gathered up all that stuff on him, whatever that we those weeds were the from the, the, from the river. She called it yeah. seaweed, but it's some sort of. They actually yeah. used to sell that. She worked at a pet store. And she goes, "Yeah, we used to sell that stuff." Like oh, a, um, I used to know the name of it. It's got um, hydroperthia or whatever. The yeah, hell yeah, I know the weird. I know the the stuff. You put it in your fish tank. Yeah, it makes um, air. <clears throat> I'm real flimmy right now. Um, yeah, and it makes, you can actually see, if it's the stuff I'm thinking of, it. you can actually see it make air bubbles. Oh, really? Maybe yeah. Maybe yeah. hey, we should trade yeah, these dogs in for fish. I don't know. Yeah, get fish. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'll, maybe someday I'll get a dog, but uh, I've never had an opportunity or lived someplace where I was comfortable having a dog. So, And is I've your, never had a cat. It's always is, been someone else's pet. Is your property fenced, or is it just kind of wide open? Yeah, we. I could have a dog here, but like you said, um, it tr- makes travel hard. Yeah, and I mean, I with like two having, cats. Yeah, with two with two cats, it's fifty bucks a day when you travel. Yeah, and I don't right? mind paying. I don't mind paying the money for the care, you know. But we no. find a kid. One of the kids can do it, or you yeah, know, you have you have, we have you resources. Have, you, have out, and, uh, you have resources. But I like having a dog for security. I mean, not that we really need it in this area that much, but I like the fact that nothing's really getting in the house. You know, well, it's... that's a lot of security. <laughs> well, it's yeah. like 150 pounds worth of security. <laughs> yeah, people don't generally break in here. If they do, they just do it once. It's a good way, good way to get bit hard. <laughs> well, well, you'll come home and you go, whose shoe is this? <laughs> that's all that's left. Yeah. Whose shoe is this? Where did this shoe come from? So let's uh let's talk we're yeah. talking current events. What happened this week? And he said, Yeah, a do you want to Yep. Um Mystery Wire. Jeremy Corbell released a new um video from the Hyper Viper Hyper Viper teams off of that ship, which right. is uh these apparently are the visible light videos from the um what was the, the night vision goggles? NV, NVGs. There's the NVGs where they look triangular, and he's saying that they are pyramidal. And then the um, you have the vis- those are the night vision goggles, and then they have the regular light image showing um, UAPs. And, and they, they were triangular in shape in both. Uh, you couldn't tell in the the night, the just the regular light ones. You could tell they were red and white flashing lights and maybe yeah. blue i didn't see blue um but he said corbell said uh, some interesting things about the these ships were were swarmed by hundreds you know yeah tens many yeah so I, I figured this was just like a handful of 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 
you know, drones, but he's saying it's like tons of them, hundred, a hundred drones went on for hours. This is some crazy stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I know uh, uh, Intel up here has a big, they, I guess they have, you know, you can have hobbies within your work kind of thing. Like uh, one, of, uh, one of the kids' uh, friend's dad was a wheeler and he, they were working on that. You ever see that robot, that white robot that kind of walks? It's an Intel. That's an Intel. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, very early in the robot game probably. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I have a robot on my desk. He does it that you that you can program. I have a Lego yeah. NXT robot sitting here. Hell yeah! So, can you get any weaponry? Uh, I am actually. Uh, I've, I haven't been working on it, but I was going to set it up so it could track the cats. <laughs> to follow a, to follow it the cats some around. sort of shock collar. Thing where it... yeah yeah no i was I, I, but i want to i have I am, uh i have the pranks i have the uh it's got some optical sensors it's got an optical i can't remember if i got a thermal i think it's just visual i think i got a no, i don't have a thermal but it's got sound and it's got uh, an optical sensor where you can i think detect motion really so i've actually i started working on it i was going to set it up so i could could uh, have it track you know motion track follow something once it sees it but I haven't, I haven't worked on it for a while. That was just a, something I was trying to have fun with. Uh, yeah, you're a mad scientist. And then put a, then Hello, put a, then you're put a, a mad, gun on it. You're a mad scientist. Then put a gun on it. You're a mad scientist, yeah. okay? And put a gun on it and then let it <laughs> Is it virology your thing? Where did all this come from? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, like I tech, I know. Well, yeah, well, you know, computers. We, we live on computers now. What um, are those? Yeah, Pigs. I don't know. <laughs> So, so they they had those and I watched it and I thought, you know, anyway, the Intel is gonna they program and they can fly these drones up and they're pre-programmed because these guys aren't flying them doing this. They're they launch them and they're you know the computer controlled and they make fake happy giant happy face or that night. Oh yeah, you know yeah, you ever see those. Yeah. I've so seen I mean, if they've got that, but these things are a ways off. Of shore, where did they come from? Are we thinking that they're? Uh, I don't want to say alien. I I kind of don't want to say alien anymore because I'm like I don't know if these things are. And you talked about the second video, which is all we can get into, which is a whole nother type of situation yeah. um, that kind of goes over what could be happening. He made least. some. He made some good points, Chris. Chris Lato's video. Yeah, he made some really good. He said his like stuff that. is real interesting. I'm, I'm yeah. liking his stuff. Really explains things in layman terms, which I need. And, uh, yeah. you know, it just, he talks about warp drive and black holes and, you know, uh, how this can, you know, mag, you know, electricity and magnetism well, that, and how. That, that was the earlier, earlier video. Did you that watch the today. one? That's today. I just watched it. Uh, did you? Maybe the, I got uh, the wrong idea? one. Yeah, maybe I did got you the watch wrong that? one. The Aquadia. Did you watch the Aquadia no, one? No, I just that was the one that I got. I just popped on it. Um, maybe I didn't maybe get I the right one. The wrong one. Maybe I sent you the wrong one. Well, tell me about the one you, you were supposed to send me. Um, oh, the this one, this his new one. It came out, I think, yesterday or this morning. He um, he looks at Corbell's new release and he talks about that and he does some analysis, and then he goes into the Aquadia UIP video which um, I've actually looked at, and then people said it was a Chinese lantern. 
Oh but yeah. Apparently, he, where is Aquadia? What's what is that? Uh, Puerto Rico. Okay. I think. Does everybody know yeah. that? Because I don't. I don't know. Never. I didn't know it until I looked. looked you have to look it up. <clears throat> okay. And he um. He looked at this. There's Aquadia UAP video, but apparently that one had been professionally analyzed by a group, and uh, it. This thing flies around. It's obviously not a magic lantern. It flies around this airport. It's traveling roughly 100 miles an hour, and, and it had a um, an airplane, a prop plane that had a um, surveillance system on it. I think it was a drug. It was a drug uh, interdiction plane. Right. And uh, it was able to monitor this thing flying around the airport, and it actually, they were saying this is a saying it's split in two. It went into the water and it traveled as fast underwater as it did during the uh, in the air. It was so, so it, it was lighted, so because that's yeah, how they saw yeah. it underwater. Yeah, well, they, yeah, that with their cameras and stuff. This is high, high, yeah. high definition video. Jeez, it looks it looks yeah. really good. And then there's another UAP video in the same location by a guy who him and his buddy pulled over off the side of the road, and they're seeing these um, UAPs, uh, three of them, flying off into the distance that look a lot like the UAPs that um, were in the Corbell video, which is how this guy put it together. Watch the video when you get a chance. I'm, but, a, little, yeah. I'm a little disappointed that we went from flying saucers to Tic Tacs. I mean, I'm just... They just don't look as cool. I mean, it, you know, I mean, they're just white i mean it's kind of like and were the other ones the volkswagens of the or not the Volkswagen, the edsels or i don't know that <laughs> we've got they've changed they're not really they're not really flying saucers anymore you notice that the, the more recent ones are something completely different they're yeah um yeah i don't know what's going on i mean this is I mean, this, maybe this there was never is... really any flying saucers maybe they were always these and they just yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. So I've been I bought more books. Um, so I've been reading um, Close Encounters Man, which is about uh, Heineck. Yeah. And um, Jacques Vallée apparently worked for him as a student. Came from France, was going to do uh, astronomy, and found it boring. And then he uh, came and. Ended up, he wanted to do computer science instead. I think this is in the 70s. And he ended up somehow involved with, I haven't got that far in the book, but he ended up involved with um, <clears throat> um, Heineck. And then Heineck, uh, Heineck, then Valley went to Stanford area and ended up working for this physicist. Um, got his name here. Went working for this physicist named, uh, I guess, highly regarded physicist at Stanford, Peter A. Sturrock. And Sturrock hired this, hired Valley, and it's like, well, you know, Valley had written a couple UFO books. And so he's working for him because he needed a computer guy to do some stuff, and Valley was the guy. And because he, he, he got interested in this, he read Valley's books. And then this guy got into UFOs. So you have Heineck, who's a physicist who was an uh, investigator since 1947. He got into him and found it to be a fascinating phenomenon. Uh, Vallée got into it in France. I don't know a lot about him because I haven't really delved into it, but he apparently 
saw UFOs when he was younger in the 50s, and that's what got him hooked. And so Vallee got this physicist uh, hooked on UFOs, and he actually published a book that's uh, called The UFO Enigma, which seems to be patterned after Hynek's The UFO Inquiry. Um, and it's a new review of the physical evidence. So I just got that, and I'll get to it eventually. Um, that came out in 1999. As compared to Hynek's UFO experience, I think they have a newer edition uh, that's come out. And that came out, I think, 72, Hynek's book. If I can read. 72. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was interesting. So, did I mean, you, it's funny to see the path. Did you ever take astronomy off the subject? Uh, I started to take a course, um, and I, um, I couldn't finish the course because I had a conflict at work or something. So I, t I had half a, half a quarter of astronomy and, and reluctantly had to give it up. But I do have a big telescope. I so, which I oh, do you, oh, do you? What kind of yeah. telescope? A, you got that Orion or whatever that is? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's an Orion. I don't is know. It it's not, does it's that auto tracking? Uh, it has a motor so you can yeah. you can track, yeah. but it's it's not the computerized one where you put in the star and then it, it moves. Down. I so want that. That's what I want. But there's it's the one... hard to find anything here because everything's like, find this at 3 in the morning. I'm not going to look at this thing. I'm not going to get up at 3 <laughs> in the morning, you know, and it's right well, you're in the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's have... another problem. Yeah, I'm in, this, I'm in a California and well, here we, the problem is mosquitoes, and uh, I have really limited sky hair, and I don't want to lug this thing around because it weighs like 70 pounds or something. So you got a good one. That's good. And, um, and I have a bit of sky that works pretty good, and I got trees. I just cut down two trees that were growing into it. I got two more I got to cut down. They're about 30 feet tall. Oh, So I got to clear the trees to get. Yeah, the trees grow like weeds here. They're not very big. They're about six inches across, but they're tall. Oh, okay, so you do that oh. thing where you go yell timber and it like shakes the ground. Yeah, and I'll, falls just, I'll, I'll just, I got just right. let it fall. It doesn't take a long time. It's like an hour or so you can clear them out. But they're um, they're starting to block my sky, the limited sky that I have. So. What do you do with the debris? Do you have, you go to the dump? Uh, firewood, fire pit. I got fire pit. I have a probably fire as wide as it is, probably they're not worried about fires. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, they you can you can openly burn here. It's not like California. Yeah, you can't do anything in California. Yeah, no. you can you can burn your debris. I have a big brush pile, uh, which is a you know off to one side, and then the um, bigger pieces go in a pile for when the in the winter time it's nice to go outside and have a fire, and then you don't yeah. have mosquitoes. The um... California's got a new law. I don't know if this is new, but they've always had this about 4th of July. You can only, you, in the places that you can do the safe and sane fireworks. Um, oh, yeah. The the boring ones. And um, yeah. the, you can only do them from 6 to 11. <laughs> That's the newest thing. You can't light off the legal ones after 11 o'clock. And, you know, and then you're not, if you hear, have you ever, did you ever see the video of, and this is probably every state, but, um, of the California during the night on 4th of July or New Year, it might've been New Year's. And they did this picture of all, and it looked like the entire area of Sacramento was, it was like Baghdad. 
It was, was this last this was yeah, last, last year, year, right? Yeah. That was in LA too. Yeah, you just it was incredible. Yeah. The I mean the dogs are just like, oh my God. What's the With the rockets going and everything? Oh, all illegal shit. This is yeah, not yeah. this is not stuff you buy on the corner. This is all ordinance. Well, and, well here you can you can buy it. There's a there's fireworks you can get you can buy all sorts of crazy stuff you just buy the shit that flies in the air and everything there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we so did we one year first year where you're here we did it in the backyard and we set one of the trees on fire <laughs> yes. that's yeah. awesome did you put well, it we, out or you just watch yeah it? we had a hose we just sprayed it out with the hose it was it was easy and then i'm like no let's do it in the front on the street oh man i mean you got that big lot just too many trees well, plus in the back, uh, there's there's the horse farm, and so the horses started going nuts on the horse farm. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, they get nah. Tripped. So it was yes. like between the fire and the horses running around, freaking out. I said, "No, we're moving it up front." Bummer. Yeah. So the um, so they're talking about where um, the pilot is talking about, you know, what the propulsion methods could be and the black hole and all this. And it was yeah, kind of fascinating. That was a good yeah. video. It's thought provoking. Yeah. I like that he's, guy. He's he's very interesting. He's got a good he's got a good take on these things, and he's um, his experiences um, are he knows the equipment. That's the thing. He knows the planes and he knows the the equipment, so he can talk about it rationally. Whereas a lot of people, they just talk about this stuff. Um, like he said, he said something great. He said. Um, the debunker should not control the conversation, which is what apparently they're doing at this point. So he was, he's just like, you know, look at this stuff, analyze it. He's doing the same thing that we're doing. Look at the stuff, analyze it, ask questions. Yeah. Um, you don't have to believe everything. Although with my reading, a lot of the things I'm, I've been reading um, in the Hynek book, some of these UFOs have been reported to have exhaust. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm... So... Uh, so I don't know. It's like, well, I think I think you got to be pretty open about everything that you're. Yeah, and I was always a yeah, and I've always said, hey, if it's got lights, if it's got exhaust, it's air breathing. If it's got exhaust, and, and again, we've talked a couple of probably four episodes yeah, ago I, about that. Yeah, and I, yeah. I I think that also you need to keep keep an open mind with that because there was a description in the Heineck biography about some in just where. Um, your producer Robert stayed the night. Yeah. Was it Twin Falls, Idaho. Yeah. There was a UFO scene there, and that one was like following the a river, and um, uh, the witnesses were really good. And it it might have been a tic tac shaped one, but this one witness said that it definitely had uh, some sort of exhaust. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta keep an open mind, but I mean. Yeah. So if it's obviously, you know, it's hard to say if it's obviously a plane, it's a plane. These but... guys, are, <laughs> they're wherever they came from, or if there is a day. I mean, that's the latest now. I'm, you know, I want to see aliens and all that. But the latest, my latest thought is that are these things even, I say manned, whatever is in there. Um, are they even manned? Are these just remote control drones and... Flying machines. I, the stuff that the Navy is seeing sounds like it's it's drones, AI, AI stuff. Yeah. The um, you know, it's autonomous, autonomous vehicles. 
autonomous UAPs flying yeah. around doing an assigned mission is what I think they are. Yeah, I'm not given their yeah given their size. Yeah, I'm not thinking those are in extraterrestrial in any. Those are just they're Chinese or they're they're going, well the Chinese yeah that, Chinese are yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Christopher okay. Mellon, who was in the um, uh, phenomena video. Yeah, he was. Um, he wrote a. I guess it's it's on that website that uh, he's involved with. He wrote a article that says, "Don't dismiss the alien hypothesis." And um, he states, and as the the report that just came out from the the Pentagon or the intelligence services, he says, "We have no reason to believe uh, these objects are from Russia or China." And he says, more likely, uh, from any vantage point, we are more likely to encounter probes than signals from ET. Says the radical capabilities are consistent with probes or craft from a spacefaring civilization. What else does he say? He sa oh, he says they need to, uh, says mainstream scientists currently lack any detailed understanding either of the phenomenon or its long history, which which I've discovered. I didn't realize this history was so extensive and well-documented. Yeah. Uh, uh, he says, we can no longer deny that someone has mastered technology beyond our understanding and is using it to monitor U.S. military forces. Non-human origin is presently the theory that best fits all the facts. So that's Chris Mellon, who's involved with uh, Elizondo and um, Blink 185. Blink, one, Blink 182. <laughs> 182. Blink 182. We still don't have his name, but yeah, we know. We know who we're talking about. Yeah, you can figure it out. Uh, and then the other thing that I saw was that NASA, this was on June 4th, some month ago, uh, Bill Nelson, former Florida senator, who used to be an astronaut, um, says it's not clear even in the upper echelons of the U.S. Space Agency what the high-speed objects observed by Navy pilots are. So that's... And then... Uh, so it's not... It's probably not... Well, I don't know. It's, we don't it's know. hard to say. Yeah, I could I could easily see the Chinese developing um, AI uh, clone swarms to monitor U.S. ships. Yeah, that that I, mean, I think is I don't know if it's Chinese, but whatever it is, it's I don't think it's extraterrestrial, as they as you know I I just think it. But the other things with the gun sight and the things that move, you know rapidly from one place to the next quicker than any of our technology to talk I mean, uh, technology to you mean like tic-tac yeah. like the tic-tac tic -tac. yeah you tic -tac. know that that I, and again not maybe we said oh you can't make a right turn without liquefying somebody inside there's probably no maybe i don't want to say it's probably well i have but, i haven't looked at it i haven't looked at it yet but i have an article that was in um one of the true UFO magazines where a pilot explains how you could make a right-hand turn, a 90-degree turn without, um, you know, high G-forces. I haven't looked at the article yet. I just saw it. And I don't know if it makes sense. I'd have to look at it. But 
Well, when the thing's going straight, all of a sudden it makes a right, it's at a high speed, makes a right turn at such high speed. If you're, even if you're strapped in there and even if it has, you know, if it's exempt from outside forces. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. know. I haven't read this article. I'd have to go. I just, I saw it and I haven't read it, but there was a pilot that was saying that um, this is how you could do it. And I'll, I'll look at it. We'll talk about it at some point. I'll yeah, I'd like to know that. how they can do that without any being, having any G-forces affect them. Well, apparently he had, someone had thought about it and thought it could be done. So, But I don't know how it could be done since I haven't read the article. Okay, that'd be interesting. Hey, have you heard of METE, Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence? No, I haven't. Uh, I hadn't either, but there's some guy, I don't know who he is. He's Mark Buchanan. Who's a physicist and science writer based in Europe, and he wrote an a op-ed in the Washington Post that said contacting aliens could end all life on Earth. Let's stop trying. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, that it's going to be more problematic for us to make contact. And he says even without even without oversight, even one person with access to powerful transmitting technology could take actions affecting the future of the entire planet so there's a tv show it's made in france it's got a lot of english in it i watched the first episode called war of the worlds uh which is a medi program uh ends up bringing aliens to earth and they wipe out most of the population i watched is this one that series that series what uh the tv show yeah, or I the, mean, it's recent. No, yeah. uh, it's new. I just saw it. it. I just saw it somewhere. Is this the one where the aliens are like dogs with like little plungers coming out of their heads and folks? I don't know. I haven't. I watched one episode. We're watching I, it. We're watching it. The War of the it, Worlds. Is it? Is it France? Are they French? It seems to be American. I don't know, but I can't. I haven't really. A, it's it's kind of non. You know, we haven't really figured out where it is yet. Yeah, there's I mean, uh, there was another one that came out uh, last year, the year before, which seemed to be based on um, War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, and this one seems a little different, and it's different than that. That H.G. Wells one was actually in. I don't know when it was. Anyway, I watched I watched a couple of those episodes, so I don't know. They're out there. There's a bunch of shows out there, but that that show, the one that was made in France, actually mentioned Metis, which I hadn't heard of until I'd seen this this op-ed in the Washington Post. Are so. these many people, is there people trying to get in contact with aliens? Yeah, I think so. I don't know how active this is. This is the, basically, this is the pretty much the first I've ever heard of it. I didn't even know this was a, a thing. So, yeah, I don't hide, from the, hide from the aliens. Again, are they here? Are they in the mothership? I mean, you know, when you hear about abductions, it's you're they're taking the motherships that are beyond the moon or behind the moon. We wouldn't know yeah. if they're behind the moon because we don't know really what goes on over there. No, no. Because, yeah. you know, the, the same side of the moon always faces us. And, you know, and, yeah. uh, and we know Flat Earth, well, actually, Flat Earth Girl says it's not real. None, none of the space shots were real. None of the moon landings were real. None of that. Well, Bezos is going up in his little rocket pretty soon. It's going to be exciting when he hits the dome. Oh, who's going up? Bezos? Blue Origin? 
Oh, is that so, a SpaceX then, uh, thing or is that something else? No, it's different. There's SpaceX, there's Blue Origin, which is Amazon guy. Um, he's got, uh, he's going up with his brother, some guy that paid $20 million, and a woman that was part of the Apollo. She was the Gemini 13. There was 13 women that were selected for the astronaut program, but they never used them. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either, but she was one of the Gemini 13, and so he's going to take her up for a little suborbital jaunt until they hit the dome. Until they hit the dome and bounce back. Yep. We'll find out. It'll be interesting. We could, you know, well, the one guy didn't make it that tried to launch from the desert down in the, did you see the 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 steam-powered, steam-powered rocket? (laughs) The guy was great. Yeah, yeah, I saw the I saw the video with the crash. It was horrible, but the guy it was amazing what he was doing. I was Absolutely impressed. Amazing. I was yeah. what went out, and then the, the parachute. It would have been okay, but the parachute pre-deployed, and you know. Oh, it pre-deployed. Yeah, it deployed yeah, yeah, before he. Yeah, the parachute came out and drug him. It probably would have made it. I don't know where he's going. I think he was just launching and then like. I think he he but, went up to take pictures and, and then uh, to pull prove, the, pull the. Yeah, pull the chute, and then he's supposed yeah. to slow it down. But the chute, the chute deployed as he launched, and it, you know, of course that kind of cuts your trip short. But yeah, that was a pretty was, badass video, though. I was reading. Um, speaking of rocket disasters, yeah, it was. Uh, his earlier stuff was pretty awesome too. There was uh, the Vanguard rockets where they're trying to launch the first satellites. The U.S. The Soviets beat us with Sput- Sputnik. Heineck was involved in tracking Sputnik. Oh really? I mean, yeah, yeah. He was a big deal. Well, he was a big deal in originally tracking and developing the tracking of early satellites. Uh, he, um, but the Vanguard rockets, uh, when it got real windy, static electricity would set off the. Um, they had charges for, I guess, to release cables and stuff from the rocket. Oh. Wow. And it got windy. The uh, the explosive charges would go off and damage the rocket. Oh, nice. oh no! It was no. That wasn't the rocket. It was uh, Heineck had a program. I'm mixing these things up. Uh, the first few Vanguard launches blew up four. One, the first one blew up four feet off the pad. And we're like, we're looking really bad compared to the Soviets. Uh, but Heineck had a program where you took a, a sealed chamber. It's not a bathyscaphe, but it's a aeronautical sealed bell ball. Right. Bathos, it's like the bathosphere. You have to go home. Yeah, yeah, but it's for high atmospheric work and put a telescope in it because he was like, let's get a telescope up into the upper atmosphere and you can great, get great. It's, you know, it's like a poor man's Hubble. Wow. And uh, that, that used balloons and they would go up, it would go, supposed to go up like 50 miles and, uh, and it pressurized with a pressurized bell and, and uh, they kept. They kept failing because the winds would set off the explosive release charges for the balloon. So it would get windy and the static electric electricity would set off the squibs for the release mechanisms for the balloon. And then the balloon would just like take off without everything. So then they canceled the program, which seemed really awful. Then they'd report the balloon as UFO and then, you know. Uh, no, they, they didn't, but... Um, it was a he was involved in some really very cool science early on. So um, we, we jump should, into we better jump into chapter chapter six. The press is 
Yeah, well, the, we should mention the book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects by Edward J. Ruppelt, who was the Air Force officer accompanying Heineck and the Heineck. Yep. You know, Project Blue Book series, which loosely, um, it's a good series, but, you know, these yeah. it's a lot different than, um, than the antics in the book. You know, but there, you know, he talks about you know, as they say, grudge, you know, the, the, so the Air Force officer asked, well, the, why, why do we close grudge? Right. Yeah. And as we moved into this and then, uh, Ruppelt goes into, he started talking about the different sightings and, um, things that after this happened and, um, they saw the, you know, different, aircraft, you know, the F, they had the one where the F-51, well, they were at Sand, White Sands and they were filming the uh, Skyhook, the balloon project. Yeah, yeah. And filming and they were using radar and all of a sudden this spaceship shows up and uh, so they moved all the equipment, they went to get it on radar, they scrambled and this F-51 thing I, it kept bothering me because I've heard of the P-51 Mustangs I'm right. like, what I, I know, is I know the designation. F I can tell you the designation. I found that out. Yeah, the, I just... It, oh, go ahead. What P, did you find? P oh, is the early version. P is P the early version. For the U.S. Air, Air Corps. U.S. Yes. Army Air Corps used a P designation, which was Patrol 51, Pursuit. I think. Pursuit. Pursuit. And then when it became the U.S. Air Force, it became F-51, which is Fighter designation. Correct. Yeah, because it was bugging me because I'm like, what is this? Is are they saying it wrong or what? Well, that was the yeah. later designation. I thought P was the last version, and what's that's what they always talk about is P whenever we're, you know, I was and a these... huge aircraft buff. Yeah, well, I still am. Yeah, and I'm like, where's this? At? I've never heard of F-51. Well, it's just the P-51 with changed minor, well, changed configuration. I wouldn't say minor, but but oh, F well, is the, P... the later version. Yeah, the P-51, I don't know how long it was in service with the U.S. Air Force. It might have only been in service for a couple of years. And then all the old models, you're thinking of like Ravel P-51 yeah. models. Yeah. They all called it the P-51. So I never really knew, you know, I never really uh, thought of it as the F. So I looked it up today. I looked it up this morning because I'm like, it's bugging me. I don't know because it's in our chapter here. But anyway, yeah. they had the two uh, white sands, so they sit on one guy. One goes from Wright, Wright Patterson, which, by the way, I think is where all the, you know, where all the flying saucers and the aliens are hidden. I'm going to go on record as saying it's Have Wright Patterson, and not at Area 51. No, I think they, I, I think that all the stuff is hidden in plain sight, more or less, at Wright Patterson, not in plain sight, but uh, they, okay. it's stored there. But anyway, so one came out of where White Sands, where they were, where the, where they were, and. Another uh, F-51 pilot comes running out at Wright Patton. The National Guard F-51 went up, and then these guys uh, alerted Wright Patterson. So they, had, their guy came running out because they have an alert, like an alert. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, we've seen the, where they the, yeah, yeah, and he's the got this guy his parachute dragging behind him, and he's like, "I want to see what these things are all about." And he jumps in his plane. Well, they shoot up. 
um, very similar to what man this Mantel the Mantel incident where the F fifty one crashed, and they went into the uh, into the clouds. It went up into the clouds. They followed it in, um, and it became it was like it was an ice not like it was an ice cloud. So uh -huh. they weren't able to. Um, they were concerned about icing, so of the aircraft, which yeah, that make a crash pretty good. Um, uh -huh. So they followed it down. Well, they didn't follow it down, so they you know landed, and uh, it was written off as that ice cloud was the radar. Yeah. Uh, but then, as they discussed with the radar operator, who said, "Hey, I've been doing this." since this stuff started, you know, World War One, where it got started uh -huh. to get developed. And this is no World ice cloud. Where, yeah. yeah, they started developing, I think, late World War One or early World War Two, however, in radar. And, 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 uh, and he said, this thing is not, the radar operator said, this is not, that was not an ice cloud. That was, a, that was some sort of aircraft. And then he ran into the, or he, uh, interviewed Rupelt, interviewed the pilot, one of the pilots, and he said it was, and he, I don't know if they really saw the thing. I mean, it was like, um, it was the observers for Project Skyhook saw the air, you know, saw it, they saw it, and then they saw it on radar. But I don't know how good of uh, observation of the air, because they chased it into the clouds, and then they were never able to really secure any um, footage or anything. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah the, um, it says Ru Rupelt said, I remember asking him a second time what the UFO looked like. He said, huge and metallic shades of the Mantel incident. Yeah. And the, um, the radar thinks of this target. They all had similar characteristics. The target was fuzzy and varied in intensity. Now that's an ice cloud. Thing, but in this case, the target was a good solid return, and he was convinced that it was caused by a good solid object. So, yeah, no, that was a that was an interesting sighting. Well, um, then, uh, go ahead. Oh, one of the things I was seeing in the the other book I'm reading on Hynek, they talk about the videos, the one the the seagull videos, uh, yeah. the one where they said it was seagulls. Um, I don't know. I think that's still a question. And then the other one with the uh, the guy with the two objects streaking across the sky and going behind the water tower. Um, I think those two videos still may need to have a, a pin put in them as being unknowns. So and not uh, not designated as whatever. There seems to be a lot of conflict on the analysis of those videos. And this chapter is full of uh, different sightings. R.B. McLaughlin, who made a statement in True Magazine, um, he was a military officer at White Sands, and that he had seen. Oh and, yeah, uh, you know he'd seen that the whatever it was the spaceship or whatever flying saucer. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he did the report in True Magazine. He was cleared to do the report by the military in True Magazine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, um, and then I think we talked talked about that. Yeah, he was. This was in this chapter, and he yeah. he magically found himself uh, aborted. Uh, Abor sea duty. Abort. Sea duty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. His. Uh, I actually tried to look him up, and the last 
um, reunion of that ship that he was commander of uh, is coming up this fall. The ship that he was remanded to after this. It's, he's so, dead, I take it. Yeah, he's dead. Some of the crew from the ship at that time is still alive, and they're doing a reunion. Of, the final reunion is coming up because they're all you know, in their 80s. Well, he actually stated it was a flying saucer and further that these discs are spaceships from another planet operated by animate, intelligent beings. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's How would we know that? I mean, this is a question we had today already. Well, you know, what I mean, are they? at the time, it's like remote control was um, possible, but not widely used. Or I think, uh, I mean, it's... They kept saying, like in, I think it was in the Kehoe books, and maybe even in this one, they're saying it's like, I think Kehoe was speculating that these craft had to be remote controlled. And they had to have like a television camera. This is modern tech. Right. Uh, as compared to the 1950s. So remote control at the level that they were seeing with these objects in the 1950s was extremely high tech. And I don't even know if it was possible. I think it is possible. But, and that's also, they said they had to be remote controlled to, maneuver the way they maneuvered because no one could survive the the turns and the banks and the g-forces involved in the maneuvering so but that's 1950s or 19 you know whenever these sightings were 55 no these have to be in the 50s. 1950 1950 yeah. so yeah. um the technology wasn't there i mean even the v2s uh, i don't know about the v2s might have had radio uh, guidance um, well, which yeah, remember, but the V ones were the V ones were just launched and pointed. Hope, you know, hope, it was hit time and, and distance. Yeah, yeah, time and distance. Uh, the V twos might have been radio directed, but the I do know that the uh, British had um, were able to manipulate the um, radio direction of the German bombers because the radio the radio the German bombers that were bombing England didn't do. Um, um, Navigation, air navigation, they followed a radio beacon. They used radio navigation. Right. And the uh, British learned fairly early to hack the, uh, the radio navigation. So they would, they would tweak the, uh, the German bombers. They didn't want them to know that they could do that because then you just revert to yeah. um, you know, yeah. regular astro navigation for your targets. So they just tweak them slightly so they would go off targets. And they actually um, tweaked it one year one bombing thing so they, it this is churchill they actively tweaked a german bombing raid so it went completely over england and bombed a city in ireland because ireland was neutral right and uh, to teach the irish a lesson <laughs> oh yeah i mean it was a, a total, I never it was heard a total that. oh yeah it's a total war crime that's um, been fairly suppressed uh, it's like, yeah, let's bomb the Irish. What, what, that's a very English thing to do. Yeah, it is um, a very English thing to do. But sorry, yeah, England. Yeah. yeah, we. You know. Well, I mean, it's 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 a known fact <laughs> this happened. Sorry, Ireland. So, actually, uh, yeah. yeah. So they say. Um, so the radio control. I know there's radio navigation, radio control, 1950. I don't know how how good it was for this stuff. Now, when you're look, talking about these swarms on. Uh, these warships, of course, you can have AI that, that you know does a lot of the maneuvering and um, radio control 
So that's very possible now, but when you're seeing stuff like this in the 50s, it's like the tech wasn't there. Right. And with uh, McLaughlin, he said, when he, back to McLaughlin real quick, the, uh, he's uh, 40 by, his, the craft that he saw was 40 by 100 feet, and it had been an, at an altitude, and I'm going to have to ask you this, of 296,000. Can you even see yeah. anything? Yeah. I mean, you, okay, an, air, an airliner at 40,000, which is a cruising altitude, I believe, you can hardly see it. I mean, it's a pinpoint, right? They had uh, they had telescopes for tracking the balloons, so that's what he's doing. And even in the Ruppelt book, they say, by mysterious and magical methods, we were able to measure the altitude. I don't know. Uh, it's called trigonometry. Um, I never got mysterious. that far in math. Yeah. It's not <laughs> hard. That part. It's, it's the, the, that part is simple. Um, but they uh, these, these altitude estimates are... Crazy. I mean, the letter that this guy wrote to uh, Van Allen uh, said the object was 500 to 1,000 feet in diameter. Uh, from the scale on the Theodolite, which is a, a, a telescope with a measuring so to get angle, and I don't know about uh, size, and uh, was traveling at three to five miles per second at altitude between 35 and 40 miles. Yeah. I, actually, that could be believable. If they're tracking, if they're tracking the skyhook balloons, the the skyhook balloons went up that high. So I think that they were, um, their comparative analysis would be to compare it to the balloons, and the balloons get pretty big when you know they get they get big and they get sort of flattened out at altitude. So the size and altitude estimates. If they were using the equipment for the skyhook balloons, is probably, I mean, reasonable, crazy but reasonable. That's amazing. You know, yeah. Going getting the balloons. I mean, I was showing you what I see because I have that program on my tablet where I can see all the aircraft flying. No military, but all of the aircraft flying yeah. around the U.S. and had those that balloon. And yeah. then the balloon. Did, did you read the part where it? It's a balloon, and what its purpose is, is to provide internet connectivity to nations that don't have it. But there's two balloons now. Well, what, I, last time that's I, what those balloon, That's yeah. what those balloons were for? Okay. Yeah. I, and why are, they in the mid, why are they in Midwest? I mean, I mean, they're testing them, which is possible. Because well, that one came from Hawaii. The one we were watching originally, the one I kept sending you pictures of, that was yeah. from the Hawaii area. It was launched, I don't know if it was launched there or if just flew over and it ended up in the mid in the midwest just circling yeah huh i don't know where it went the know, altitude was know, sixty thousand. okay you know and it was moving at two kilometers per hour which basically floating and uh but it would be, it's funny how it makes its way across the U.S. But it was bizarre because you never hear anything about this. But I look on this program and here's these two because you have little airplanes. What it is is it's it's just a lot of aircraft, you know, all yeah. this airliner shit. It's amazing how many are in the air all the time. Oh, yeah. um, and then there's these two balloons. I go, what the hell is with these balloons? So I ended up from their call sign. I was able to look it up on the internet and find out what they were doing. And I'm like, well, why are huh. they? here and why has 
why I guess we just don't travel in circles that they even talk about this and there's you know but I, I know weird. Google had this had this project and they were talking about I think they've dropped the project at this point well then they let their balloons flying around because it's still well maybe I don't I don't know if it's I saw somewhere that they weren't going to pursue the balloon internet project anymore but who knows I well, mean I just it's like one of those things you see on the news you go oh and then that's it you don't really I didn't dive into it it's just well, we're done with this. They just leave the balloons just floating. Ah, well, we have no way to really bring them down unless we shoot them. And, uh, well, we'll just let them float around until they land somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's just weird. The whole thing was, because that's what we yeah. talk about. It's something yeah. really yeah. bizarre. That was interesting. Yeah, I I, um, I think balloons are, I, I, I love the idea of airships. I wish they had, had yeah. those. Yeah, we need to get back to. Well, South they do. Ones. There's actually. Um, I looked into it. If I there's a uh, like a tourist airship in Europe. I I looked into that. Um, I'm not willing to pay that amount of money to fly around in an airship for an hour. Come on, man. How much was it? I don't know. It was like a grand or something. Oh, should, yeah, come on. Nah, I ain't doing that. I'd I'd rather I'd rather sp buy take my money and buy UFO books. <laughs> or Overpriced mod UFO and models. And models, yeah. Are you building your model? No, not yet. No, I'm kind just, of, I, I don't know. I'm either going to build it or resell it. I don't know. I'm just, just trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you know, there's no hurry. You know, I'll just make up, it's sitting in the game mind. room, and Debbie finally put it in a pile with some other stuff, so it's waiting for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but we're going to go ahead and, uh, so basically we're going to rest. I mean, this is what this chapter was about. A lot of sightings. Grudge is back. Yeah. Grudge is back. Well, you know. Grudge is Grudge is done. Yeah, but it's yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, they're like, uh, there was a backlash from Grudge, and they needed to. That's when they created Project Blue Book. The backlash from they, Grudge was supposed to make this go away, and it didn't. It just made it worse. I mean, this is the same, and we're seeing this pattern again today. It's like with this new program at the Pentagon. It's like Grudge went the Blue Book. Blue Book was wrapped up, which we'll eventually get to to talk about 1969 with the Condon Report. And then that went away. Uh, and UFOs haven't gone away. The Blue uh, Condon Report was just supposed to make it go away. Didn't go away. Now we're back again with all this stuff. And the Pentagon is opening up a new project, Blue Book, although they call it the UAP, you know, tracking something or other or whatever they call it so time time we're in a time loop we're in a ufo time loop yep all right let's go ahead and wrap right. it up thank yep. thanks dr bill thanks for listening to the latest episode of the alien probe podcast we welcome your questions and requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com follow us on facebook at alienprobe.net twitter at Alien Pro Pod. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. See us on YouTube. Thanks again, Dr. Bill. Talk to you next All time. All right.